0: This is the BAM School Podcast, where we talk about business, adventure, and mission with your host, Buddy Rathmel. All
1: right, I'm here with our guest, Mike Baer, founder of the Third Path Initiative, and uh, it's a delight. I have shared the stage with Mike. He's been a speaker at the BAM conferences for years, most recently in Silicon Valley in 2019, and unfortunately, 2020 was covid out, but... We hope to be back in Chicago in 2022 so Mike tell us uh, what has been your journey to this point in your life give us a little background
0: yeah okay well first thanks thanks for having me buddy it's good to see you again even if it's on screen and not in person um, and I'm like you I hope we can get back together in Chicago next year and get get the family back in back in business but so uh, quick journey that's hard to do because it covers a lot <laughs> a lot of territory. But the short version, um, I came to Christ in college and ended up pastoring a church. Um, I started a church, me and four of the guys on the on the Tennessee uh, University campus and didn't know we were doing it. That launched me into kind of pastoral ministry for about 15 years and um, in different places and discovered along the way I didn't like being a pastor. Um, you know, I love preaching, I love teaching, I love shepherding, I love disciple making, but I didn't like the role, the way it was cast in the organized church and Felt very led of God to go out into business as a way of being among, I'll say, real people, right? Uh, Lost people in particular. Uh, I found that being a pastor was more of a barrier than a bridge. And so when I gradually left the formal pastorate and got into business, I was blessed right off the bat with everything I longed for, which is relationships with lost, struggling people who were pretty real about their struggle. Um, I started wrestling with the question of, You know, I had, by that time, 15 years of pastoral experience, 10 years of theological education, and now I, you know, was building what at that time turned about 10 years of successful international business. How do those things fit together? Uh, That was my question, and God answered that by sending me to Kyrgyzstan, a newly independent republic uh, in Central Asia, where really before my eyes, I saw what a business person in an unreached people group area could do. Yeah. And um, I mean, the, just the corridors were open at every level of government, all the way down to the poorest of the poor in the villages. And I, it, it just clicked that, that this concept of business connected to God's mission and, and living out the gospel in a business context. And that's that's what I'm still doing. Yeah, I've done it as an employee. I've done it as a multiple entrepreneur. Uh, And now I'm trying to do it as a as an old man teaching young people how to do it through Third Path.
1: Yeah. And we'll we'll link to Third Path Initiative in the show notes. Uh, Great resources there that um, I plan on using in my next BAM school as well. So thanks for putting those out. So Callie is not with us right now. Uh, She you, (laughs) you put her out. But tell us about Callie before we dive in.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah. Callie is world famous. She's known as Callie the flag eating dog. Uh, She's a she's a beautiful English cream golden retriever who, as a puppy, uh, ripped the American flag down off the front of my wife's bed and breakfast inn and ate it uh, and ended up being cut from neck to knees to get it out. She's now had four surgeries to remove foreign objects, and she's had others. Let's just say they handle themselves naturally. But she is a, a chronic eater of things. She now has to wear a muzzle. If She comes in, you'll get to see it. But she has her own Facebook page wow. called Callie the flag eating dog. And uh, yeah, we launched it in Australia just as a joke. And now she has hundreds of followers. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did Callie eat next? And how did you get it out? Yeah,
1: we you know, we I tell my wife, I'm like, we take our cat to the vet in Thailand because they're always getting in fights and stuff. And I'm like, it's cheaper just to reload. Like, couldn't we just get a new kitten? You know, But you can't do that with pets. And yesterday when I purchased the car that I just got, it was a completely new level. The wife goes, yeah, it's my fault we have two matching 2020 RAV4s in the driveway. Because I got the first one with a limited package, but didn't realize that didn't have the heated rear seats for their golden retriever. So they bought another identical one with the limited package, with the additional package of the heated rear seats. And I thought that is next level taking care of your dog.
0: (laughs) I'm not there yet. I don't know that I will be.
1: Yeah. So you're definitely one of the founding fathers in the current business as mission movement. And uh, you talked a little bit, but what kind of prepared you to be kind of an ideal bridge between the business world and the theological world?
0: Yeah, I th- so uh, from a, I guess from a skill set or, or mindset perspective, you know, I've always been entrepreneurial, you know, I've always been starting things. Um, you know, when I was in seminary, I started a couple of different businesses to help pay the bills. Um, so I was always comfortable in business. I always liked business. And but like I said earlier, it, it, it was in Kyrgyzstan that I began to see the two coming together. That That to me was the big thing. I think, you know, it was not a it was not a a, um, a practical revelation, really kind of a theological revelation. I think the other thing is I'm a good synthesizer, buddy. I, yeah. I, I, my mind works to take things that don't seem to fit together and, and figure out how they do fit together. Yeah. And that's, that's where the, in the thinking about businesses mission came from. Yeah. You know, where we really saw it connect after work, he worked in Kyrgyzstan for five years going, didn't live there, going back and forth, helping people start businesses. And then we discovered that the the Christian community, uh, a very small persecuted minority, it's a Muslim country, uh, the main the main persecution was economic. They kicked out of their family, their village, their clan, and that meant slow starvation. And so the very small Christian community uh, around Kyrgyzstan, um, they were they were starving. Yeah. And so we decided we'd focus there and help them start businesses. And God just touched it, yeah. and, it and it ended up work, operating in 37 different countries that the process that we created. That's awesome. Wow. Really cool. So what- I have a I have a gift for being in the right place at the right time with no clue what's going on. <laughs> That's really most of God's dealing with me. It's like I wake up, and OK, how did I get here?
1: Yeah. So along that line, what would you say are, are some of your spiritual giftings and how have you seen God use them?
0: Yeah, so, I, so I'm a pastor at heart, a pastor teacher, depending on how you interpret Ephesians 4, uh, and I still do that. Yeah, I, you know, I'm a pastor teacher in the context of business. I, I love being able to, whether it's the word, of course, but also just like I'm designing a course right now on business acumen. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and doing it from a biblical perspective, but still being able to take complex processes and complex concepts and, and distill them so that people can understand and apply whatever it is that I think is the, at the core of my gifting. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I'm an equipper. I think if, if, when it's all said and done. I love equipping people to do what God's called them to do.
1: Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to when we run BAM School, our eight month school in America in 2022. I'm looking forward to either bringing you in or coming and visiting you, but somehow having you equip uh, our students during that That'd be that fun. process. So, what are some of the projects that you're currently involved in? You you mentioned some of what you're doing with the third initiative. You want to expand a little bit on what you're doing right now?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, third path initiative is kind of the headline. We're uh, having been involved directly in business development around the world up until 2012 when I handed it over to somebody else to take on. Um, you know, I felt like there was a lot there that was very inefficient, right? Sending teams in this case of American Christian business people to Kyrgyzstan or, or, or Thailand or, um, uh, you know, any of the number of other places that are out there, Um uh, very it's great experience and very powerful, but it's very expensive, very limited in its impact for dollar for dollar. So we started looking for a way to really equip the next generation of Bammers, but to do it in a cost effective way. Yeah, that led to third path, which is an online, you know, business as mission pro, uh, portal, uh, educational platform yeah. really is what it's, so that's number one, right? Just just finding people to design courses, loading them up, marketing that trying to get the word out. That's that's sort of the, the main project. Uh, the other is I've got a consulting company I started as I mentioned to you earlier, just to pay the bills, right? I mean, I love doing it. Don't get me wrong. And it, that's yeah. ministry for me, too. Yeah, but you know, my my real passion is third path. And yeah. then, you know, I, as we were chatting before the podcast, I, I quote retired last year. I didn't, but I left the corporate world. And uh, so I'm, my third project is really getting reacquainted with my wife through hiking. Nice.
1: Yeah. So are there, I imagine that you're in the mountains, right? Are you? in? Is it the Blue Ridge? Is it, that what that is? That... It,
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah, Blue Ridge Mountains, beautiful area, gorgeous area.
1: Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a, I don't know, a couple, two and a half hours from you in a different part of the Blue Ridge Mountains, and almost every day that I'm here, I either hike a part of the Appalachian or just one of the trails around here, as my exercise. So, I'll have to um, stop in and join you guys on on one of your hikes, one of these. Yeah, days. we got
0: we've got great hikes around here, and I'll I'll come up and do the same. Yeah. So here's, here's Callie. If you want to see her, let's get this and you you see the muzzle Yeah. That is that is her. She thinks it's punishment. It's actually her life preserver. (laughs) I don't think she'll survive another surgery.
1: Yeah. So we'll, I'll have to get a picture of her for the show notes, for those that are just joining us on the podcast and, and, uh, not the video. So what do you, what do you enjoy most about your, your current life situation and, and what you're doing?
0: You know, it's it's interesting. I I was used to running, you know, a hundred miles an hour, hair on fire, you know, never never sitting still. And I love that. I mean, I, I'm kind of wired that way. I'm, I'm I'm hyperkinetic. But I I I think what I've really enjoyed, buddy, is is to slow down. Yeah. Not not I'm not a retired guy. I want to yeah. I want to make that very clear. But but I don't have to go 20 hours a day. Yeah. And I'm learning to. Really enjoy the pace. It was hard at first, to be honest with you. It's yeah. quite hard, but now being able to slow down, being able to take walks, being able to take Callie out for walks to think yeah. um, that, you know, there's, there's a great book out that that's fairly new called The Ruthless Elimination of Her. Yeah. Great book. Yeah. Gosh, what a good book. And yeah. I've, I've really tried to take that to heart and, and just just slow the pace of life just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. When we were in
1: Silicon Valley, um, we got to meet John Ortberg because Nancy of course was one of the speakers as well. And so I I was asking about that phrase and I think it was one of his mentees that actually wrote the book, the it is Yeah. 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 What a, and what a great phrase. I mean, just in that phrase, you go, okay, yeah, I need to make some changes. Like we're, we're yeah, definitely as Americans and type a personality people, um, often, hurry too much. I, I love the in John Ortberg's book, when he tells the story of was it Dallas Willard that said that to him? Yeah. Um, how he was like, okay, that's, that's great. What's next? And he just repeated <laughs> that again. Yeah. No, the ruthless elimination of hurry. Like,
0: yeah, the, the author's name is John Mark Comer. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's definitely a mentee of Ortberg. And then the, I, I had this driven home to me, buddy, when I was in Kyrgyzstan one time, I at that time, translator, soon to become really almost an adopted son named Ibeck. But I said, I want you to pick me up tomorrow at nine or we'll meet at nine. And he said something it was brilliantly uh, said. He said, "Okay, is that going to be Kyrgyz time or businessman time? Yeah. And I said, well, What's the difference? He said, Well, Kirby's time to be sometime tomorrow morning <laughs> He's a businessman time. It'll be five minutes to tonight. So well, this time we're going to do businessman time. Yeah. But even back then, 30 years ago, God was trying to say, Mike, just slow down. You don't have to you don't have to do it all today.
1: Yeah, I, I was looking at used cars for a while. And um, we I met an appointment to meet a guy at a place. And after 15 minutes, he didn't show. I took off and then five minutes or six minutes later, he calls and says, Hey, I'm here. And I said, Hey, that we were supposed to meet 21 minutes ago. And he said, (laughs) Oh, I hit traffic. And I said, listen, in Roanoke, Virginia, there aren't 21 minutes of traffic that are going to slow you down. But then when I met him, um, I won't mention the country he was from, but it all clicked. Like he wasn't from America and 21 minutes was probably about early for him, you know?
0: Yeah. And, totally uh, different cultural perspective.
1: Yeah. And it, thankfully living over that, I was like, okay, I, I put on my American expectation cause I've been America, but, um, yeah, it it didn't, it wasn't quite met. So what have been some of the, the biggest adventures or challenges for you in, um, whether it's working in an American context or working overseas that you've experienced over the
0: years? Oh, wow. So, uh, I'd say in the states, it's more um, just just being able to articulate the gospel in a business context. It's one thing to live it, which is really the most important thing, but but just finding ways to bring the gospel into a conversation without being cheesy, yeah. you know, and programmatic, and hey, do you think about Jesus today, kind of stuff um so that's always a challenge internationally not so much i mean there's actually a i found a, a huge openness to the gospel yep. in a business context particularly when they realize you're not a you're not a missionary yeah. you're a business person um for me you know i guess <laughs> this might sound silly buddy but food has always been a challenge <laughs> to me yeah um you know some of the places i've gone to in the world some of the foods have been just really really different and i've I've had to learn how to pray, yeah. and ask God just to help me eat with joy what is not <laughs> naturally joyful. Yeah, culture. I love the culture changes. I've always respected other cultures. That's not been a big challenge. Jet lag's never been a big issue. Um, I will say this though, in the context of you know doing business's mission, which is pure—it's real business. You know, you and I talk about this all the time. It's real business, real profit, real ministry, real mission. I mean, it's everything about it's real. Yeah. And business is difficult in many places in the world, right? I mean, there's the in in the countries that are that are poor, uh, underdeveloped, with corrupt governments, I mean, business is hard, it can take literally a year or more to register a business trying to do it, you know, legally and ethically without bribery. So, you know, getting kind of away from the, you know, the joking about food, it really is I, th- I find that to be a big, big challenge, yeah. and I and I really feel for our brothers and sisters who are who are launching businesses and trying to scale businesses in places where the government, for whatever reason—corruption, ignorance, tradition—is is, is, seem to be very anti-business. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, we in Thailand where I live currently, there are it's sixty thousand dollars to start a business minimum as a foreigner and it doesn't matter if if you're you know just a little tiny business and, and the time and complexity and all of those kind of things. And one time when I was starting a business in Thailand, I was at my other business in Cambodia and my lawyer said, you have to be back tomorrow to get this piece of paper. And I said, I can't, I'm in Cambodia. I'm not planning on coming back for a couple of weeks. And he said, Well, if you don't come and get this paper tomorrow, you have to start the whole three month process over. And I was like, OK, I'll be there tomorrow to pick up the piece of paper
0: on, on my way. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. That's true. That, yeah. That's a reality that that most Americans, as frustrated as we get, and, and I'm going to speak as an American, because that's where I live, too. Um, I think most Westerners could go along with this. But it, as frustrated as we get with our government yeah. and red tape and bureaucracy, it, it's much more challenging. Uh, in many other countries and it just makes it hard to start businesses and create jobs and all the things that we believe in as, as businesses, mission practitioners.
1: Yeah. And the food thing when I, um, my first year or so in, in Thailand, I, at one point had two parasites and an amoeba at the same time. Like my, I had no energy. I was jaundiced, which was because of the, the amoeba was impacting my liver and, um, And so after I got better, it was actually our friend Mark Plummer that said, I think you have parasites. And I went and got checked. And sure enough, I did. And um, so after that, I was telling a a group of missionaries one night, yeah, I'm not going to be eating the food in the villages anymore. And one of them was trying to tell me and just encourage me like, well, eat a little and, you know, be culturally sensitive. And he said, yeah, there's this one guy that he would go to the village and he would always eat everything. And the villagers loved him. So if you want to be loved, you know, basically he was saying, like, eat all, eat all the food when you go. And I said, oh, is he still around? Like, you know, and they're like, um, uh, no, he died when he was 40. But until he was 40, <laughs>
0: <laughs> everyone loved him because he ate everything. So, oh, that's why. Well, I did eat it. I, I never refused to eat it. And I never got a parasite or an amoeba, thankfully. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, that's that's tough. One. I mean, and, and, you know, my. um almost adopted Kirgy's son now when he was over here staying with us one time. And, and I was asking him about he didn't like American food. Yeah. So it's it's not a it's not one's good, one's bad. It's yep. what you grew up with. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember when we had a an orphanage in Cambodia and I remember one time asking the kids what they like to eat. And when I heard they had never had pizza, I was almost like I was almost brought to tears. What? You've never had pizza. <laughs> And so we I'm like, we got to get a pizza. And so we went out, we got them all pizza and they hated it. <laughs> you know, It was like, give us our rice and, and whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some of the dreams that you're pursuing right now?
0: Well, so one part of it really is just it's been the dream from the very beginning of, I guess, the modern movement. Those of us who were around when God began to move is is seeing the true globalization of BAM. Yeah. You know, it's it's not an a, a it's the centrality of America in general in missions is declining. Yeah as other nations are rising up and, and becoming the leaders, yeah. uh, particularly South and Central America, certain certain Asian countries that and I think the same thing's happening in BAM, you know, the, the business's mission is truly now got such a global flavor. Yeah. You know, English is the language of business. But but it, that's that's a that's just a common language question It has nothing to do with culture. Yeah. And it, it's just it's that's a joy for me to watch and to be a part of. You know, there's there's different organizations that are focused on global collaboration, like the one, you know, you and I both know is BAM Global, yeah. right? And and the the businesses Mission Resources Group that that Joe and Mark and you guys started in in uh, in Thailand, and but that's become so global that, that that to me is that's that's mission one. That's that's the, my number one dream, I guess. Um, and, and the other the other is, is really focusing on the young people, and I don't mean high schoolers, but I. I just believe there's a chance for us to capture a lot of bright, passionate young Christians coming out of college and grad school and, you know, in their 20s and, and maybe early 30s that, that still have the ability to, to go and start businesses in other countries. Um, that's that's my heart. Uh, that's really my dream.
1: Yeah, that's great. I, somebody, a friend of mine who um, actually, you know, kind of like you, he was just in the right place and Um, started a movement in the Philippines over 20, maybe 26, 27 years ago now. Him and one Filipino discipling four guys. Now, 27 years later, they quit counting at like a million people that had come to Christ, four ministries that have sprung up. Um, Half of the cops that are at the second level below the head cop in the Philippines and about 40,000 cops are now believers um, because of this disciple-making ministry. But he, he, the guy who started that has a picture now of, he's not necessarily the one, he uses the picture of a wave and he's like, I'm no longer the one surfing, like hands on making the disciples. But I want to be the guy on the wave runner, towing these guys into waves that are, you know, bigger than what we were doing. And, um, and I just thought of that as you were talking of like, now you're the guy on the, on the wave runner, towing these other guys into the disciple making And training them, and launching them, and helping them. And
0: um, well, that's that's even that's even why we chose the name Third Path. When we began to observe that that when you come out of college or you come out of grad school and you love God and you love business, the system says you have to make a choice between the two. Yeah. You have the business path or the ministry path, and that's why we decided that there was a third path, and that literally is what that that's our message is. There's a way to do it all. Yeah. What are some ways,
1: or or who are some people that you've seen walking that third path well in corporate America?
0: Yeah, it, it, you know it's interesting. Just a few years ago, you could only point to a, a handful of companies like ServiceMaster, uh, you know, um, uh, Beckett, uh, Bob Beckett's group, uh, you know, that were doing it publicly. It was really not, uh, you know, Chick Fil A. I mean, there were a handful out there. But they, were, they, they weren't talking about it. I mean, it was, it was kind of all underground. And yeah. as, it, as it's become more and more mainstream to talk about the integration of business as mission or the integration of work and faith, it, it, it's been fun to watch a lot of things happen. For example, there's a, a recruiting firm based out of Raleigh called Turas Group. Uh, the founder's a guy named Mike Thompson. He's got a missions background. He's got a ministry background. He's got a business background. But they're a recruiting firm. Uh, that has chosen as their public mission statement, redeeming the people business. Yeah. And they are seeking to bring ethics and, and fairness to the way people are recruited globally, right? The migrant workforce as well as uh, their clients here in the US. They're, they pray with their clients, they, they pray with their candidates, if they'll let them, of course, they're not, they're, you know, they're not you know, mm-hmm. obstreperous, they're very gracious. But that's one that really I, I comes to mind. Um, Henry Kastner and Sovereign's Capital, Uh, You know, those guys have really kind of supercharged the the business and work and faith um, initiatives around the the, really around the world, but particularly in the West, they're Silicon Valley based. Um, There's a a staffing company in Atlanta called Amplio Recruiting that planted itself right in the middle of a U.N. resettlement uh, community in order to provide jobs for uh, immigrants but all in the name of Christ. Yeah. And so, you know, you're seeing more and more of that sort of thing, uh, happening. Yeah. That's great. I love, I've, one of the things that I've
1: seen, um, or just, you know, hearing stories about moving to God around the world in, in business, um, is a lot of people starting and kind of like the Turas group does, we actually had a podcast with someone from the Turas group recently. Huh. And, um, <clears throat> but just how they start with ministry. Is there a way I can help you? Can I pray for you? You know? And as I've started seeing people around the world doing that, I thought that's a lot of times how the disciples or Jesus started in scripture, you know, like, what is your need? How can I help you with Mm -hmm. that need? Um, instead of like, as a kid, you know, I, I, um, hitchhiked across America when I first graduated from high school and I felt like it was my duty. As I got in the vehicle with someone who picked me up to like share the Romans Road within the first you know 30 minutes of being with them, and um and thankfully the next year I I learned a little bit more about walking in step with the Spirit instead of being a you know hard nosed share this message, but um just seeing more and more whether it's the in you know in Google or Facebook or different places where people are just coming in with a spirit of helping and uh, prayer and, and service, and then seeing God, um, use that to allow them maybe to share the story of how they came to the Lord or the gospel message or whatever. Um, and it's kind of neat. That's, you see that in a lot of countries around the world where there's a real movement of the spirit that it's starting with this desire to, to come in as a servant, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, that's, and you think about it, isn't that the basis of all business? Yeah. Right. What need do you have that I can meet? Yeah. You know, you need food, I'll become a grocer. You need health, I'll become a doctor. You need, you know, I mean, that's that goes back to the very basics of business. Yeah. Find a need and meet it.
1: Yeah. And it's neat. Like you're talking about the Turas group, how people are really like they're redeeming the people business. We're starting to see this in a lot of different businesses that someone can come in. Um, Next door Photos is a company that. They, they do house, you know, they do photos of houses, but then that day they're sent to the Philippines or other countries around the world, they're edited, they made to look better. And the next morning when the, the client wakes up in America, they have those photos ready to go with a 24 hour turnaround. And so they're not only, um, providing a great service, but they're doing it in a way that is, it's more effective and more cost effective because they're they're bridging a couple different countries at the same time to, yeah. to create this yeah so really really neat things that are going on well um any last word of advice that you would give our listeners that um want to see want to be used of the lord in the business context in america
0: uh yeah i mean uh, gosh it's a whole new podcast buddy but <laughs> the, the the good news i just say jump in yeah you know, I mean, I, my one of my favorite phrases is Aslan is on the move. Yeah. And so you don't have to go start something that's not there. I mean, you can start a business, but you're you're, you're getting into a stream, you're getting into a river, you're getting into something that's already moving. Yeah, And so just just jump in and, and yeah. trust God to lead you, guide you and, and meet you along the way. The, the last for me, the last 30 some odd years of being involved in this and really 45 years of being a believer, um, has been just one amazing movement and God in my life after another. Usually not seen until it's over. Yeah, you know I wish I could say, "Oh, this river's great." Yeah, I don't. I'm not that. I'm not that sensitive. But uh, I look back and go, "Wow, that's a that that's cool how that worked." Out. So get in. Yeah. D- don't wait. You, you know, jump jump into the BAM school. I think what you're doing is amazing. Um, jump into that. You know. Whatever, join something. Get with some guys. Yeah, you know some, some, some brothers and sisters, and just just do it.
1: Yeah, great. So, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you or, or find out more about what you're doing?
0: Yeah, so go to thirdpathinitiative. dot com, and that's probably the best way. There's a box there. You can sign in. You can you know you can go to info at thirdpathinitiative. dot com. You can contact me directly, M. Bear. At thirdpathinitiative.com, um, and I'll do my very best to respond to anybody that reaches out. Please reference this podcast, uh, you know, so that I can, I can know how you heard about us, and I know that you're. For, if you came through, buddy, you're on the level how about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, thanks so much, Mike. It was great. Um, yeah, just getting a chance to catch up and hear about what God's doing in your life and what's going on in the broader global BAM
0: movement. So, thank you so Most much. Most enjoyable. Thanks for having me, buddy. BAM School, facilitating a global, self-funding, disciple-making movement through business. Thanks for tuning in to the BAM School Podcast. Find show notes, free courses, resources, and more
1: at 4BAM.com.